This podcast is sponsored by Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online, mslandbank.com. Whether it's farmland, hunting land, or building that dream home, check out Mississippi Land Bank in North Mississippi and online, mslandbank.com. And by Jubilations Cheesecake in West Point. Stop by the coffee house right on Highway 45 on your way to the game, and you can watch cheesecakes being made. And consider Jubilations for your next fundraiser as well. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another late-night edition of Dogpile, another eventful day of baseball in Starkville, Mississippi, for the Starkville Regional. I am Brett Hudson. As you know, those of you that are consistent subscribers to, to Dogpile, we're coming to you daily during the uh, during the Starkville Regional, and in theory, during the Starkville Super Regional, and in theory, during the College World Series, but we got the Starkville Regional on our hands at this point in time, and that's what we're going to focus on with these daily podcasts. And we're coming to you after the Saturday of the Starkville Super Regional. Miami beat Southern 12 to nothing. Southern, the Jaguars are out of here. Mississippi State 7, Central Michigan 2. Those are the two games that we had in Starkville today. We'll dive in to all of that after we let you know that this podcast, as always, is sponsored by Mississippi Land Bank. Go to mslandbank.com for all of your needs. There are offices all over North Mississippi. Wherever you need land, they can help you out. mslandbank.com and by Jubilations Cheesecake. As those of you that listened to the uh, podcast from yesterday know, recorded it pretty late yesterday, recording it late today. It's about midnight on Saturday, turning into Sunday. And boy, I'd love a, I'd love a cup of coffee from, from the Jubilations Cheesecake location in West Point, right on the highway, very conveniently located. Uh, and I wouldn't mind a piece of cheesecake either, because, uh, you know, sometimes you need a sugar rush to, to get through these things. But Jubilations Cheesecake helps us bring you dogpile here at Matt Wyatt Media. Let's get to the business at hand, shall we? Miami 12, Southern nothing, Mississippi State 7, Central Michigan 2. We'll get to everything else that happened in college baseball around the country later on in the show. But to lay out the schedule for you, for those that aren't 100% sure of it, Central Michigan plays Miami at 2 o'clock on Sunday. The loser of that game is out of here. The winner plays Mississippi State at 8 o'clock Sunday night. If State wins that game, they win the regional. If State loses that game, those same two teams will rematch at 6 o'clock on Monday night with a super regional spot on the line. And Mississippi State has the upper hand in this regional with some help from Ethan Small. He does it again in his start against Central Michigan. Six innings, five hits, two runs, ten strikeouts. Now the pitch. Yeah, he struck him out swinging. Another breaking ball. Uh, he has struck out 10 in this ball game, And this is the 11th time in 16 starts this year he's had double-digit strikeout. With those 10 strikeouts, he is now one of just three Bulldogs to amass 300 in his career. He has 302. Jeff Brantley had 364. And Eric Dupos had 428. In that performance, he delivered yet another energizing moment. He got fired up as he retired an inning in this game, and it's become a regular occurrence for him. He does this every so often. Here's what Ethan Small and Chris Limonis had to say about Ethan Small, letting his emotions fly a little bit. As far as the competitive nature and the, I guess you'd call it fierceness and the audible, let's go and all that stuff, I mean, really, that, it's just me growing as a player and just being really competitive. And even if 
I don't have my best up. It's just fighting to really just help the team win the game. And that's what it comes down to. It's not about the draft or the punch out. It's never been about that. It's been about being thankful for the opportunity to go out there and just make the most of it. So I'm just thankful he's on my team. So that's usually the uh, piece. You know, it's college baseball. There's some excitement. We never want to show up an opponent. But they can show some passion. They can show some excitement. Um, it's supposed to be fun. When you go to pro ball, you got to act cool. You can't do it well. They're starting to do it a little more in pro ball now. Everybody's mad. But um, now I don't want, like I said, I wouldn't want one of our players to ever show up an opponent. But it's okay to pump your fist and be excited. I mean, that's a, man, that's a pressure situation out there. And so for him to come off, and he doesn't do it much. He just was excited in the moment. It really isn't geared towards Central Michigan. It's, it's him being excited because he made a big pitch. So one thing on Ethan and one thing on strikeouts as a whole. What really impresses me about Ethan is he adapts what he has to the given day's task at hand. For the most part this season, he was racking up strikeouts on the high fastball using his high spin fastball high in the zone to be just devastating with two strikes whenever hitters are enticed to protect the zone, right? But against Vanderbilt, he was spinning breaking pitches for strikeouts because he noticed early in that game that it was working against that particular lineup. And then you look at this Central Michigan start, and he's using that devastating changeup and two-strike counts to, to get strikeouts. There was one Central Michigan player who said post-game, something about it looking like a fastball out of the hand so that it's coming right at you and then it buckles you in two ways. It buckles you, if you're a left-handed hitter, it buckles you in two ways. It, it buckles you by slowing up a lot and it breaks right into the zone for, for a called strike three. It's a, it's a tough situation to, to be in, but Ethan Small's kind of adjusting the weapons he uses on, on a given day to what he has to face on that, on that given day. And it's a, it's a level of maturity out of him as a, as a pitcher that, that shows a lot. And it's, it's a different kind of maturity from the one that he mentioned uh, in the soundbite we played earlier, but it's maturity all the same. And it's, it's really impressive out of him. And on the strikeouts as a whole, Ethan had 10 of Mississippi State's 13 strikeouts today, which helped this 2019 squad set the school record for 661 strikeouts, breaking the record of 655 from the 1997 team. And that 1997 team did that in 68 games, whereas these Bulldogs broke that record in 61. The strikeout per nine numbers are pretty kind to this team too. In 2013, they're now fourth in school history with the 588 strikeouts from the 2013 team. They averaged 8.23 strikeouts per nine. The 2018 team is now third in school history with 619 strikeouts. They averaged 9.06 strikeouts per nine. This year's Bulldog team is averaging 10.88 strikeouts per nine. They're, they're just far and away, and if this team realizes the Omaha potential it has. It's going to put up a strikeouts number that's going to be really tough for any Bulldog team in, in the future to exceed as long as we still have the 56 game regular season in college baseball. And I don't have any reason to believe that's going away anytime soon. Of course, the early run support helped in, in that win. Six runs in the first three innings of the game. Tanner Allen had four hits and a dinger. Well, the Chippewas. There's a drive down the line. Is it fair or foul? It is 
Fair and gone for a solo shot for Tanner Allen. How about Elijah McNamee coming up big as he returns with his two RBI double in the first inning? Josh Hatcher had three hits. Rowdy Jordan continues to kill it in the postseason. He's now 11 for 23 since the start of the SEC tournament. That's a 478 batting average in the postseason. And all of this happened without Jake Mangum, whose slump continues. We mentioned the numbers in the last episode, and they continue now with an 0 for 5 against Central Michigan. There's not a lot of panic around the clubhouse about it, and I'll let Chris Limonis explain why. I put my hand on him the other day, and he said, hey, can I just give you a little advice? I know I don't say too much to you on the offensive side. He said, coach, I know I'm supposed to hit strikes. And I said, no, I'm not saying that. I just told him, just like you heard one of our guys say, you're the best hitter ever in this league. Just relax, and he'll come to you. And that's pretty much all we're seeing to him. Um, he is such a special player, and he'll play right out. But I'm so proud of him. Uh, he makes that catch in the ninth. I mean, most, a lot of kids that are in slumps, they don't make that catch. And he is so engaged, so into it. Uh, he doesn't hang his hat, you know, head down and pout. And he's running faster and faster down that line because he's just, you know, it's, it's trying a little too hard right now. But he is, he's a special player. He'll break right out of it. That catch Lamonis referenced, Justin, that's the big catch at the wall in the ninth inning to record the second out of that frame, the penultimate out of the game. So Jake Mangum is far from a total loss in, in that spot, and, and I tend to agree with pretty much everything you're hearing in the clubhouse these days. It's just, just a matter of time until Jake Mangum starts hitting like Jake Mangum again, and when that happens, look out, college baseball. This is the, the same incredibly scary lineup that – we thought it was all season long, and, and it could be even more so if Jake Mangum starts hitting again. We promised you that we would get you an update on everything going on in college baseball, and we're going to do that right now. Let's start in Los Angeles. Omaha is out after Baylor beat them 24-6. to And as I started recording this, UCLA and Loyola Marymount were tied at two going into the sixth inning. In Nashville, McNeese State got eliminated in 13 innings by Ohio State. Vandy is now 2-0 after beating Indiana State 8-5. So it's down to the Sycamores and Ohio State to challenge Vandy in Nashville. In Atlanta, Florida A&M is out. Coastal Carolina beat them 9-4. And the host is in trouble, folks. Auburn walked off Georgia Tech 6-5 with a three-run homer off the bat of Stephen Williams. Georgia Tech and Coastal Carolina fight to stay alive while Auburn has the upper hand in Atlanta, in Athens, Merther, Mercer excuse me, is gone at the hands of FAU 10-6. And we have another host in trouble after Florida State beat up on Georgia 12-3. The Seminoles hit three homers in that game. And now the SCC East Bulldogs have an uphill climb to winning their own regional. In Fayetteville, no such trouble for the Razorbacks. They're 2-0 after beating TCU 3-1. But we still had an upset. There, Central Connecticut State beat Cal 7-4, so it's the 3-4 seed in Fayetteville trying to challenge Arkansas. In Greenville, they were set back by weather, and they remain that way. Most other sites have four games in. They only have two, but, man, their two games were pretty eventful. Hosting East Carolina took a loss to Quinnipiac 5-4. Two hits from Evan Volgamore and two RBI from Liam Scafriello were the difference, and Campbell beat NC State 5-4. So the one and two seed have to fight off elimination in Greenville. In Lubbock, Florida stays alive by beating Auburn 13-5, and the hosts – Texas Tech, uh, the host, 
Texas Tech had to fight off Dallas Baptist for a 3-2 win. Taylor Floyd pitched the final four and a third in, hit, in hitless fashion. So it's been all chalk in, in Lubbock thus far. In Oklahoma City, Harvard is gone after UConn beat them 10-2. And as I started recording, Nebraska was oh so close to finishing off an upset of the quote-unquote hosting Oklahoma State Cowboys. Tough day for one seeds out there. We'll get to that momentarily. In Louisville, Illinois-Chicago was the very first team out of the field of 64 after Indiana beat them 9-5, but another host went down. Illinois State beat Louisville 4-2. Matt Walker went the distance, six hits allowed in that upset win. Louisville is up against it in their own regional. Go to Palo Alto, remember, that's the regional that Starkville is paired with. I didn't expect this, but UC Santa Barbara is the first team out of Palo Alto at the hands of Sacramento State, 6-4. And another upset bid in the works as I record, Fresno State is trying to knock off hosting Stanford. In Oxford, Jacksonville State upset Illinois 7-5 to stay alive and sends the Illini home. While Ole Miss held serve, they beat Clemson 6-1. In Baton Rouge, Southern Miss put quite a scare into the hosting Tigers, but they won that game 8-4, LSU did. And Arizona State knocked Stony Brook out with a 13-5 win. In Chapel Hill, the final score of Tennessee 10, UNC Wilmington 3. Doesn't let you know how entertaining that elimination game was. I watched a good bit of it in the morning. It was a pretty good watch. And it's a good thing that that one was fun because North Carolina 16, Liberty 1, very much was not a fun watch. So the hosting Tar Heels are looking good in Chapel Hill. In Morgantown, I thought this regional would deliver, and I'm feeling pretty good about that. After Duke upset the hosting Mountaineers 4 to nothing, Bryce Jarvis threw eight scoreless for the Blue Devils. Fordham is out of there at the hands of Texas A&M, 11-2. In Corvallis, say goodbye to the defending national champions. The hosting Oregon State Beavers are two and out. They're bounced by Creighton 4-1. to one. And as I started recording, Michigan and Cincinnati were battling in the seventh inning to be the 2-0 and o team out there in Corvallis. So as I started recording, one host was already out and five more had a loss with a couple more in danger of catching a loss at the end. Uh, it was an insane Saturday in college baseball. And now that we're done with all of that, I leave you in the capable hands of Tanner Allen describing the impact of 11,511 people at Duty Noble Field on Saturday night. We'll talk to you all again after Sunday night's game. Take it away, Tanner Allen. I mean, obviously, I have to take a toll on another team. That I, those guys are telling me, man, we only had at the most 700 people in our family. Well, we got probably 12,000 here tonight, and obviously, it made a difference in the game. First inning, I told Rowdy when I got back in there, I'm like, dude, you're going to step in the box and your feet are going to be shaking so loud. And he started laughing, but I was right, man. This, this atmosphere in this place is unbelievable. And when you get a lead, you can play with a lead, like we did, it, it's something special.